Well, hello again and welcome to another Afternoon Ask Anything. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I just hurried back from the Penguins practice up in Cranberry to be with you. That's what I wanted to do today. The Penguins practiced for about an hour. Um, they also disclosed afterward that Brandon Tanev is going to be out week to week. That usually in Mike Sullivanese means it'll be close to a month. That's just the way this season has gone. So you're watching Teddy Bluger. I was watching Teddy Bluger practice out there and looking great, thinking, boy, they're getting back to health. They're getting back to health. And then there's no Tanev out there, and you're going, oh, come on. And Tanev is out. So <laughs> that's the way this goes. Uh, here's how this works. You leave your questions live uh, on Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, YouTube. They come through a stream for me to see, and I just kind of pick through them and answer them. Eventually, we will get sophisticated enough that I'll be able to start taking your audio or video calls. Let's get it going here. Uh, Vetaman writes, hi from Maine. Any word on Evgeny Malkin's return? There was no sign of Gino there today, none. Uh, or Kasperi Kapitan, for that matter. Um, they were not skating on their own. They were not visible. Um, and when, whenever uh, Mike Sullivan was asked about this uh, afterward, uh, his his response was just, you know, nothing really has changed with either of them. It's all I got. That's all I got on that one here. G.S. Bruno asks if there's a status on Cabrian Hayes uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was an update as of yesterday. Uh, the Pirates, of course, are in Cincinnati tonight with a 640 first pitch. Uh, Hayes was placed on the 10-day IL. He's going to be using that time to just kind of get his swing back, squeeze the glove again and everything else. They initially thought he was going to avoid it, and then he went out and he took some grounders. This was at Wrigley Field, and when he couldn't squeeze the glove properly, uh, they changed their minds and put him on the IL. Uh, what else do we have? This is all injury stuff. <laughs> Justin asks, do you think the Penguins will trade Jason Zucker or anyone at this deadline? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it from the other perspective. You know, what what is it that you would be looking for? Um, that's part of what I'm going to be writing about in the column whenever I get a chance to, you know, just sit down at the laptop and, and do some writing following that practice. I'm still looking for impact on that third line or fourth line, however it is that you want to number them. I mean, when you have everybody back, when you have Evgeny Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen, Brandon Tanev, everybody else that I mentioned, they're all back. You end up having seven forwards for three positions, presuming that you keep the Bluger line intact with Aston Reese and Tanev. You have seven forwards for three positions. So you really have to think about what you want to be. That's part of it. And you also have to be cognizant of the fact that you got to have penalty killers there. That's what we're looking at here. I, I, I wouldn't be talking about anything defensively, anything in terms of goaltending and or, or anything to that effect. Gary asks, uh, are you surprised? Were you surprised at all? The Pirates so quickly used David Bednar in a high-leverage situation, very back-end role. No, no. I mean, you've seen him, Gary. You know, 
he, he looks unbelievable. And, and that's not to say that Richard Rodriguez didn't look that way in the opener, too. I, I, I see this as Rodriguez is the closer without the name attached to him. And that you could see Kyle Crick, because of his veteranness, be in that mix somewhere, too. But Bednar's just doing ridiculous things right now. There's, there's no reason uh, to avoid using him. Uh, in situations like that. Mark Hubbard asks, who would be available that fits Berkey and Hextall's get bigger ideas? Referring, of course, to Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, there's it's a great big NHL out there. And I'm not one to just, I don't like dropping names and stuff. It's, it's not my thing. There's plenty of places that do that. Uh, when we hear at our site of an actual thing, a real name that the Penguins are expressing interest in, we are all over it, but we prefer not to uh, mix those things up, meaning you just, oh, they said on such and such that the, the, this, this and this guy would be a great fit. And eventually, that not eventually, like right away, that becomes rumor. Oh, that's not a rumor. But they do need to get... They do need to get somebody, and maybe that that person's in house. You know, maybe that's Anthony Angelo in some form. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lee says, uh, rumblings from fans that Steelers might go defense in the first round, but logic points to running back slash OL. Well, I mean, rumblings from fans is a step down from what I just said with all due respect. <laughs> The people who matter here are the Steelers. Uh, they're not going to be offering rumblings. What you're going to see with your own eyes is who shows up at pro days, uh, which coaches, how many eyeballs are sent to a pro day, uh, positional coaches. These are things that are real clues. The Steelers are going to be all over these 5,000 offensive tackles that are available in this class. They'd be crazy not to. Uh, when you know that a class has a positional strength, that has something, an area that's so deep, for example, last year with wide receiver, where you say there's 10 elite guys, 10 elite wide receivers, and you take the 11th wide receiver of the class, and it turns out to be Chase Claypool, you're nuts not to be operating with that mindset. Same thing goes for running backs. They've been around all the running backs. They're going to see a lot of people. There's no rumblings that are emanating uh, from the Steelers side, certainly not on something like the draft. That's not something that would leak out. Brad Richards asks, I know it's early. How worried should the Pirates be with Mitch Keller's inconsistency? Um, very. I, I don't think it's early. I don't. I, I know he pitched one game so far this season, but I also know that the same pattern applied through spring, the same pattern applied last season before he got hurt, 
and after he came back. And the same pattern applied when he came up as a rookie in 2019. And that is that this kid is afraid to throw the ball in the strike zone. And if that sounds harsh, I just don't care. I, I can't think of anything harsher or an avenue that's easier to criticize a young player, any level, than a fear of throwing in a strike zone when you have that kind of stuff. That, to me, is unacceptable. I don't care who's responsible, if it's current administration, past administration, the kid himself. That has to be excised from his system at once. Or you send a message that it is, it's not okay. If you are the seven guys in the field behind Mitch Keller, watching him do what he did yesterday in Chicago, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Uh, don't get me started on this one. This one is, uh, they need to fix it. Tim asks, does Trevor Williams have a shot at making the Steelers out of camp? I think he could be a <laughs> Trevor Williams. Okay. I think Trevor Williams at the Pirates uh, cut in January. What? Um, yeah, I mean, I would think so. I would think so. He, he's he's a, he, But he's going to have to get it done uh, on, on special teams more than anything else. Jordan says, speaking of pitching, I guess we were with Trevor Williams. When do you think the Steelers or the Steelers? See, now you got me going. When do you think the Pirates will move on from 14 pitchers? Feels like too many. Really? After what you just saw this weekend? Uh, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Remember, first off, I think a lot of people, when they hear 14 pitchers, they think that it's still a 25 man roster. It's not, it's 26. So you, you're only carrying one fewer position player. And if you don't live with the reluctance to use your backup catcher as a pinch hitter, then you're okay with it. The other day at Wrigley, Derek Shelton used Michael Perez as a pinch hitter late in the game. He didn't have any other catchers ready. He didn't care. He was just going to go with his guy, um, and it worked out. And I think you're going to see more of that uh, from him. John Eustace asks, I, I read I read Tom Reed's feature on power forwards in the NHL and your coverage on Burke's one for size. It's not really – I'm, I'm sure if you were asking me something there, John. Let me see if you have anything else to go with that. Oh, you do? Okay. There's a, there a, in a, in a separate frame here. Who could the Penguins acquire that has size, speed, and ability fitting with Sullivan and the team? I don't know. I, I don't know that that player exists because if you read Tom's piece, that was actually the crux of it. Where are these power forwards? You know, and especially the younger types. You know, I mean, Calgary's got one and Ottawa's got one and they're both related to Keith Kachuk. You know, show me where else these players are. You know, and I'm talking about power forwards when – you know, sometimes you'll have someone come come along who's like a a, a bigger frame and has a has a skill set, and they'll say power forward. No power forward. If you go by the Kevin Stevens, Rick Tockett, John Leclaire, 
kind of definitions, you're talking about someone who crash the net, make things happen, score goals, but also do that Kachuk stuff. You know, get people mad at you. Let them know you're there. Be a presence. You know, you know every shift when the Kachuk kids are on the ice. Eric says, I really think the move is Pedersen, Marcus Pedersen for a center. I mean, that sounds okay in a vacuum, but I, I don't know what, you know, what that could mean. You know, that's, that, that could be anybody. It's got to be a, a player that fits too. And, and I think that's really the issue here. And that's going to be what I'm writing about later is what, what does constitute a fit? What do you want from that line? Because the fact is you've already got two members of that line on your current roster. If you assume that Jared McCann is your second line winger, and I think he really ought to be, meaning with Gino and Kapanen, then you're putting Jason Zucker on that fourth line. You're absolutely keeping Freddie Goodrow in the lineup. So you got one spot. You got one spot. You know? And it's one spot that you really needed to be someone who can also kill penalties. So it's not just a matter of let's go get the single most attractive whatever skill guy and whatever else here. Zach asks, why does the Pittsburgh media still cover the Pirates? What? I mean, I, I'll get this occasionally from people. I, I don't understand this at all. Maybe you can explain what it is that you mean by this. We're journalists. We're not fans. We're not in a protest. We're not in a boycott. We're covering the teams. In fact, our site covers all three teams, Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates, completely equally. The Pirates actually cost the most to cover because they have 162 games, 81 of them on the road, not to mention a month and a half of spring training in Bradenton. So they run up the majority of our travel cost. But we're not, we're not fans. We're not supporters or detractors or anything. We're, we're reporters. It's what we do. This is a re- – I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean here, but this is a ridiculous thing to ask. I'm glad you asked it, though, because I do hear it from other people who just don't understand what it is that, what it is that we do. Brian asks, do you really think Gaudreau is for real? I mean, I'm not sure he's someone you can count on. Um, I'm operating with what I've experienced of Goodrow since he's been in Pittsburgh, way more so than anything we would have seen in Nashville or, or from afar. He is legit both in watching him and in what he shows you analytically. I'm not sure what he was doing out of the league, but I, I do know that he's, He's been a tremendous fit for this team. I am not taking him out of the lineup. Doesn't mean he can't and won't slump. Doesn't mean he can't and won't get superseded by somebody else rising up. I just don't see it right now. I really don't. I'm really hoping somebody, what was his name again? Zach gets back to me on what on earth he's thinking that we would just stop covering one of Pittsburgh's three teams. It's it's insane. 
Beckett asks, do you think Samuel Poulin can make the team next season? Uh, you know what? I- I'm going to say no. I mean, I'm going to say no. L- let me rephrase it. He can, because that's the way you phrase that. He can make the team, yes. But he's going to have to find a real direction uh, to his game. Or he's going to be Daniel Sprong, too, with less of a scoring touch. He's going to have to figure out what he needs to be to be an efficient two-way forward, never mind the NHL, but in the pros. And that's why I think you're going to see Poulin first have to spend some time in the American League, even if he were to have a really, really good camp and show a good touch and everything else that the Penguins like about him. Uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to do something to show that he can be a Mike Sullivan type of player. Not that Sullivan will bury him. Don't take it that way. Mark asks, or just says, actually, honestly, I think the Penguins should just roll with what they have. It's certainly not broken. Why try to fix it? Well, it is broken. <laughs> it's broken in the injury sense. What they need to fix is everything that's broken on the players. You know, I'm still waiting for Zach to get back to me on this. This this really, this one really has me. Justin says, some people just troll. Of course, there's got to be Pirates coverage. Yeah. But I, I actually want to know what the thinking is. Like, I, I'd love to know what someone thinks that we could sit down and have a meeting, like here, at a, at a site of professional journalism that employs professional journalists and sit there and say, you know what? We should stop covering the pirates. Yeah. Yeah. That'll show them. I'm ready to turn this whole half hour into this, into this topic. If anybody wants to chime in here, Uh, I'm going to avoid trying this name here because I, I, I definitely don't want to do any embarrassing here. Um, but the question is, if the Steelers go quarterback at all in the draft, who do you want them to take? I, I don't want them to take a quarterback in the draft. I, I am not of the Green Bay mindset that you always have to have your next quarterback sitting there in house conveniently waiting for you to, you know, unlock and remove from cupboard. And there he is. Uh, You don't have to do that. When you need a quarterback, when Ben is done, you can put all your resources into that, all your capital, your draft capital, the extensive, uh, massive amount of cap space that the Steelers will have, at least for now, next season. That's where I'd be thinking about quarterback. I don't think you need to do that now. What would you do with him? He'd be holding a clipboard for the whole year. You know, go get yourself a player who's going to help you right now. Randy says the idea that a media outlet in a North American city wouldn't cover a professional team in that city is just asinine. It it actually is. It it is. I'll put up every last one of these comments or questions on this subject if you want a shortcut to getting on today. Let's see what else we got here. Adam uh, asks, can the Penguins taxi squad be used? I'm sorry, the taxi squad. Pirates taxi squad. Everybody's got a taxi squad now. Can the Pirates taxi squad be used to reduce the number of arms needed on the 26-man roster? Example, 
a starting pitcher or two, likely Keller has moved, rotated for extra bats and brought back up. Um, they have all kinds of contingencies in place to make sure the GMs don't get that clever. Uh, there is, uh, without boring everyone to tears, when you move someone down, there's a finite or a minimum amount of time that they have to stay down. So you can't use it as like a rotation device. Otherwise, everybody would use it. Nick says, Jake Sid Rust. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to say to that? That's a, Oh, okay. Hang on. Here's the rest. He just finished it. He's coming up with lines here. Jake Sid Rust, McCann, Gino, and Cappy. Zucker, question mark, Goodrow. Uh, Aston Reese, Bluger, Tanev. Who's your question mark? My question mark right now is Evan Rodriguez. And not because I think he would be great with that line or anything else, but I think you need to have a right-handed guy who can take a draw. And you have to assign that position to someone who can be a penalty killer. Usually when we do lines like this, we're always thinking about who five-on-five five play. Who do you roll? Who do you roll? Who's your fourth line? That's not how coaches think about it. Bottom six has to be built on, on the PK. Uh, David King says, being 1,200 miles away from Pittsburgh, one of the main reasons I subscribe uh, to our website is the fair coverage of all three teams. I doubt I would subscribe if it was only two. But that's I, – I, I, thank you, David, but it's still missing the point. We couldn't do that, okay? We can't be taken seriously as a journalistic endeavor if we decide we don't like the way they're running this team and we're just going to stop covering them. I'm still waiting for Zach to come back. Come on, Zach. I want to know what it is that you're thinking here. Josh says, uh, do you like the idea of the NHL's daily cap compared to the NFL season-long cap? It feels like a lot of circumventing the cop happens. Taxi squad, LTIR, cough, cough, Tampa. Yeah, the lightning bolts did some some uh, clever things. Uh, the, the Blues have done a little bit of that, too, uh, in St. Louis with some of their injuries, the way they've used LTIR, which stands, by the way, for long-term injured reserve. Uh, I know that in the NHL, no one complains about the daily cap, and I know that in the NFL, it's not a daily existence. Everything is weekly. And because there's only, I was about to say 16, but now there will be 17 games, it's just a different world. It, it really is. Here's Zach. Finally, thank you, Zach, for coming back. He says, I guess the thought is if the media boycotts the Pirates, maybe the MLB would step in and stop this crap shoot. Okay, I don't know what any of that means. Okay, media doesn't do boycotts. I'm going to try this again. We aren't fans, angry fans, happy fans, giddy fans, protesting fans, supporting fans. We're not fans. We're reporters. Our job is to report on the teams that we cover. That's it. That's it. There isn't a statement made by covering the team. If you think that we somehow help the team by covering it, I would ask you to go find anyone who was part of the previous front office or the previous administration and ask them how much they appreciated my, me, 
being around to cover the Pittsburgh Pirates? Ask them that. And it's not the MLB. I hear that now a lot. It's just Major League Baseball. There's no the. I'm starting to get in the mood here. Ron says, as a fan who keeps baseball tickets from games since the early 70s, I call BS on the Pirates going cashless and having to use a cell phone to do everything. Why? You know, there's a pandemic going on, Ron, right? I mean, all they're asking you to do is to hold up your phone and make sure that you're not using cash. Where are they taking cash now anyway? Where are you going that they're taking cash? Getting irritated here today. Ron, come back to me, Ron. Explain that one for me. Alan says, in football, when a team and a player agree to an injury settlement, what does that mean? What's the dollar amount based on? It's literally that. It's a settlement. They just try to come up with some kind of value where they can buy the guy out and then he's not, the player's not tied into any kind of commitments or obligations, and they and the agent just do that. Ron says, that's how I roll. I only use cash. But, Ron, we all roll differently in a pandemic. That's all. The Pirates, you're going to criticize them for that. That's actually a great move. And they're not alone. Only every team everywhere is doing that. Why single out the Pirates? Unless, of course, it's just because they're the Pirates. Scott says, are you worried that a guy the Pirates draft number one will decide not to sign and re-enter the draft? Happened before, he says. No, it didn't. It didn't. You're thinking about Trevor. Or what was his name? I can't even remember his name. Somebody can put it up here, and, and it'll refresh my memory. Um, I, it might have been Trevor Bauer. I don't know. It wasn't Trevor Bauer. It was somebody else. Come on, somebody will put it up here. Um. But I remember this was a really weird case. This wasn't a matter of him. Yeah, Apple, yeah. Um, it was Apple, yes. It, it definitely was. Uh, Mark Apple. It's not it, – it wasn't a case of he didn't want to sign with Pittsburgh. Uh, he came in with this outrageous figure, and a lot of teams backed off of him that had nothing to do with the pirates so there are no examples of anyone saying that they don't want to sign with the pirates one thing you have to understand by the way there's a there's a broader pittsburgh perception about the pirates and being this and then representing this and that and whatever that does not exist in the baseball world it just doesn't they look at who your management is they look at who your people are who your instructors are and they've seen who the Pirates have brought in, who Ben Charrington's brought in, who Ben Charrington is. There is no negative perception about coming to play for the Pirates, but I'm sure that would sound really good on a radio talk show if you want to give one of them a call today. Eric says, uh, Eric Bouchard says, I don't want to put you in a bad position, but have you ever heard the crap that – he says Jake Edwards, I think he's referring to Jack Edwards, the Bruins uh, play-by-play guy, can say in a game description, never heard a guy so homer and going on with dumb comments in a game. Uh, I'm not real big on play-by-play guys. When I watch sports, um, meaning when I'm at home, not working, when I watch sports, I have it 
almost always with the volume down. Anyone in my family will tell you that and attest to that. Uh, and that includes the local broadcasts. I just have the sound all the way down. For me, it's an unnecessary distraction. I know what I'm watching, and it feels more like I'm when I'm there. Because when I'm you're in a press box, there's no TV, no audio, no nothing. You're just in a press box. It's you and the machine, and you're watching a game. That's it. And I, I prefer it that way. So I, I don't really get all that uh, all that into it. Uh, Jay says. Hey, DK, love the Penguins coverage your team does second to none. Uh, thanks on behalf of both Dave Molinari and Taylor Haas. Did you miss not going to Winnipeg in the winter this year? <laughs> Keep up the great work. Yeah, actually, I did. I missed going to Canada in general. Um, right before the pandemic, my wife and I had actually scheduled uh, a vacation, just a private vacation where we were going to go spend – uh, three days, we were going to split them between Ottawa and Montreal, two of my favorite places. You hear me talk about Winnipeg a lot. Those are also two very, very good Canadian cities. Most Canadian cities are, are great and well worth uh, your visit. Yes, I miss going to Canada. I look forward to going to Canada again next season. <clears throat> uh, Josh says, imagine if Pittsburgh got the 2021 Major League Baseball All-Star Game, and they retired 21 during the All-Star break in Pittsburgh, only fitting. It's not going to happen, Josh. They're, they're going to end up moving it to Milwaukee. Um, by signaling already, as Major League Baseball has done, that they're going to still honor Hank Aaron, it's really uncomfortable, I think, if that happens anywhere other than Atlanta or Milwaukee. And since Atlanta's out, it, it's almost going to have to be. Milwaukee. I'll be stunned if it isn't. Besides, Milwaukee hasn't had the All-Star game since since 2002. So it's actually, they had it four years before uh, the last one at PNC Park, which was 2006. Eric says, hey, DK, what's up with all the injuries this season? Should we bubble wrap all our players? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I'm going to presume you're not referring to the Pirates and Kebrian Hayes getting hurt and Stephen Brault being out for two months. And you're instead referring to the Penguins, who are now third in the NHL in man games, lost injury. You will hear constantly when this sort of thing happens, what's the common denominator? Who do we blame? We're mad. we got to be mad at somebody. Who do we get mad at? There isn't anyone. There isn't anyone. Kasperi Kapanen was hurt when a puck came around the boards and hit him from at least what my eyes could tell somewhere in the skate. I believe he's got a, a, a bone fracture. There's no strength and conditioning coach that can prevent that. Evgeny Malkin, from what I understand, has a left knee injury. How did he get that? Because he collided with uh, Jared Tenorti, and everybody focused on what happened up top with that because he really knocked Gino backward. But what really impacted Gino was the left knee colliding. Uh, these aren't those aren't preventable things. That's just a ton of rotten luck. There, there's nothing else to it, you know? Scrolling up here to see what else we got here. Trying to keep a nice balance here, you know, because we, we cover all three teams being an outlet of journalism and, and all that stuff. Hmm. Eric asks, is there anything on the Bruins scare 
as it relates to the Penguins. I just asked Mike Sullivan about this 45 minutes ago uh, while I was up there in Cranberry, and he said, and his wording was a little bit eyebrow-raising, and that he said that the NHL hadn't informed the Penguins of anything yet as it relates to Halak. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what happened, Yaroslav Halak, the, the Boston veteran goaltender, of course, who played against the Penguins Saturday up there at TD Garden, was announced by Bruce Cassidy, the Bruins coach, to have COVID, not COVID protocol, but to actually he has contracted COVID-19. This announcement came while the Penguins were on the ice in Pittsburgh. So to say, oh, well, the Penguins practiced and everything everything must be fine probably isn't accurate. And the way Sullivan explained it to me, it was probably his way of saying, we just don't know yet if there are any repercussions or there are going to be any repercussions uh, based on contact tracing or anything else. Ed says, I like this. Hello, DK. Hello, Ed. <laughs> That's the best one I'll get today. Hello, Ed. Oh, my. Let's see what else we have here. John says, what would be your ideal solution? Apostrophe or parentheses S to get baseball to have fewer strikeouts, walks, homers, and more balls in play. Uh, I am in favor of getting rid of the shift. Uh, ever since that package of rules was put together for the minor leagues on kind of a test basis. I've been kind of keeping it in the back of my mind as I watch when uh, I think it was Colin Moran who bounced into an, an out, a 4-3 out in which the second baseman was 20 feet out into right field. And I'm thinking as hard as he hit that ball, there's no way that the second baseman would have gotten to it if he hadn't been that far back. If you put infielders in the infield and you keep them on their respective sides of second base, I'm perfectly fine with that. That said, I'm in favor of any and all solutions to make baseball look like baseball again. I am so, so tired of home run, strikeout, walk baseball. It's so, so boring. Ed adds that he loves the live broadcast and DK Sports. See, that's elaborating. That's beyond just saying hello. Brad says, what's the best ballpark to cover a game in other than PNC? Trick question, Brad, because it, it's going to sound to people like, uh, I, I think when you hear it, like you're asking me what's the prettiest ballpark or what's the nicest ballpark, I'm going to take it literally. What's the best ballpark to cover a game in, meaning one that's the best for the logistics for the writers? And that would be Coors Field in Denver, which also happens to be one of the prettiest ballparks. Coors Field has a, a wonderful uh, press box that's down low, that's close to the field, old school style where the press boxes used to be. You can read the seams of the ball coming off the pitcher's hand, the way it comes in. Um, I feel like I can really, really report on a lot of different things at Coors Field that I can't when I'm at the, the stadiums, including PNC Park, that have the press box seven miles up in the air, and you're ducking when there's a passenger jet going by. Uh, also, Coors Field has a set of steps down to the locker room, which is great, so you don't have to wait for an elevator. But hey, let's see what else we got here. Billy Harris says, do you think... Travis Etienne or 
Najee Harris will be available at 24, and if so, will the Steelers pick one or the other? I believe that at least one will be available. I am not that convinced that they will commit to an either-or scenario, which is what I think you're asking. Because if they have a grade on one of those two, and I hope it's ATN, I just think he's a better fit for 2021. If they have a higher grade on, uh, let's say, let's say they they have a real high grade on ATN, and then they have I don't know two offensive tackles out of the seven thousand that are available that they have meaningfully high enough grades on over Harris, I don't think you're just going to see them bump down three notches to take Harris. Does that make sense? I think they're going to have a running back in mind. I think if all things were equal, they would take a running back. I hope they take a running back, but but we'll see about that. Brian asks, who is your favorite athlete to talk with off the record? I'm going to give you one from each team. And uh, bearing in mind, I'm, I'm live here and I'm winging it, so I, I could think of a probably better answer if I had more time. Uh, with the Pirates, it it's it, – Probably going to be Jeff Karstens. Uh, absolutely loved dealing with Karstens. He's still around. You can find him on Twitter, on social media. Uh, with the Steelers, oh, boy. Uh, I mean, there's so many. The Steelers, I've said this forever, have been my favorite locker room to be in from the standpoint of dealing people dealing with people who are fun to be around. Uh, Vince Williams would be right up there. Uh you know, I think going back a ways, I think it would be, you know, someone like a Brett Kiesel. I just like people that are real. You know, give me people that are authentic, that have kind of that Pittsburgh feel to them, people that we're used to here in this city. Nooch says, no more shifts. No infielders are allowed on the outfield grass. It's sickening to a baseball lifer like me. Nooch, you are getting zero argument from me, man. Not because of the lifer thing and not just, you know, or, or you know, this is the way it used to be. I just think this way sucks. <laughs> I don't think that there's anything else to it. Alan says, will Polanco be on the Pirates roster in September? I don't know that he should be on it in May. I don't see the – what is the reason to play him if he's not going to perform? I'm not saying this as some rash reaction to three games in Chicago, but, you know, this has been going on for a while now. Ron asks, what's your favorite baseball card that you own? I don't know that I own one. I, if I have one, if I have a baseball card, there might be like one single somewhere uh, of of Clemente, but I, I haven't had – I don't really have cards. I mean, we found someone we moved. They were all hockey cards. They're still making baseball cards, though. People still buy them and collect them and everything else here. All right, let's take a couple more here, and I'm going to run out of time because i got to start typing some of this stuff that happened uh, more, this stuff that happened up in up in Cranberry. Josh says, I know it won't happen. Another dream like my dream, the Buccos won the World Series last night. What won't happen? Oh, you meaning if the Pirates got the uh, – or Pittsburgh got the All-Star game. No, I, I don't think it will happen. Uh, Randy says, there's a month left in the NHL season. Do some or all of the injuries the Penguins have actually help them a little bit 
in regards to a few guys being fresher. Um, I'm, I'm going to cringe here and say no. Normally, I would say yes, except that this team is coming off a bizarre 2020 playoffs in which everybody was supremely rested, ridiculously rested, and you're looking at a situation where they went out there against Montreal and just had no legs, and they would have needed another two weeks to find their legs, and it just wasn't it wasn't good. Um, we also saw how long it took this group to get going this season. Uh, even before these injuries, when they started playing really, really well, uh, you saw their legs get moving, you know, and that's – so, no. I mean, you look at the way Evgeny Malkin was playing, the way Kasperi Kapanen was playing, the way Brandon Tanev always plays, I, I don't want them shelved. I, I don't think that helps. Mike says, and this will be the last one, what's your best guess as to what would happen if the Canucks pull out for the rest of the season? Well – First off, the thing that you hope for more than anything and any reference to the Canucks is that they're all okay, they all emerge okay, uh, that their family members, that the coaches and everything else emerge okay. In in British Columbia and in Western Canada, they've been hit somehow with the Brazilian variant of, of COVID. And unlike the U.S., Canada is way behind on vaccinating because they don't have their own vaccine. Uh, they're waiting on outside vaccines to make it in. So that situation up there is not good. I mean, some of the Canucks have been in the hospital. They've been on IV. It's not one of those like symptom free, you know, you're just killing the clock until you can come back type of deals. Uh, what would happen if the Canucks uh, were pulled out were pulled out or, uh, or forced out or whatever it is, the terminology that you'd want to apply to it, that would have to be an NHL decision more than a, a Vancouver team decision. Uh, if that happens, I don't know that it'll affect the standings very much, if that's what you're asking. Uh, the Canucks weren't a playoff team. And, you know, in that division, they were already were down a team. Everybody else has eight, and that one has seven, all, all the, the Canadian teams. So you would they, – they've had all along – the NHL's had a contingency plan to go with points percentage in the event – that that anything uh, would go wrong. Mr. Eric asks me to have a great afternoon. You know what, Mr. Eric, you can you can feel free to do the exact same thing. Thanks to everybody for participating and all that other stuff. Uh, sorry for being a, a, a few minutes late here. I'm going to get back to the actual hockey writing now. Uh, we will do this again tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Thank you.